Hello once again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC Cast. I am Joel Cookson. Very happy to be along with you once again. We are T-minus just a few days before the start of the fall sports season. We've got a great show for you today to talk a little bit about some of that upcoming fall season action. Also got uh, a few other interesting things to go over today, so we're very excited that you have decided to join us for another edition of the CIAC cast. Coming up on this week's show, we have Michael Fornabeau from the Connecticut Post. Wrote a very interesting story about sports specialization that I thought fans would enjoy hearing us talk about. Also going to be joined by Joe Palladino of the Republican American to talk a little preseason action from his neck of the woods. And then Frankie Graziano from the CPTV Sports to talk a little bit about what's going to be on their air and the high school sports action this coming fall. So thank you. That's who's on deck with us this time around. We're very happy to have you with us as always. We hope you'll stick around for some excellent interviews. Starting things off, however, we always like to share this message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. We know you may be checking out the podcast in your car on your mobile device, but remind you that sending or receiving a text takes a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, which if you're driving at 55 55 miles per hour, that's the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind. Please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. So press play on the CIAC cast on your iPod and then just uh, put that thing away. You don't need to uh, hear anybody or see who's texting you as you're driving. So encourage everyone to do that. Before we get to our guests this week, as always, we're going to start things off with things you might have missed at CICsports.com. The fall season just around the corner. Lots of good stuff to get you ready for the season at CICsports.com. First of all, we wrote a, a little story about the departed um, executive director of the CIAC Unified Sports Program, Lou Pear, who retired from uh, service for the CIAC during the summer, wrote a, uh, a story about him that we hopefully folks would enjoy reading and all the good work that he's done with the Unified Sports Program. Really one of the, the hallmarks of the, the CIAC is the great work that those Unified Sports folks do uh, all across the state of Connecticut. And we hope you'll check out that story about a very hardworking and deserving individual, Lou Pear, who left quite a, uh, quite a legacy at CIAC. Got a jam-packed edition of Linked Up from last week with great stories from around the state of Connecticut. We hope you will check that out as well. A reminder that the 2014 fall tournament packets for all of the CIC sports are available online wrote a story about that, just highlighting a few noteworthy changes uh, from the season ago, and then a few other staff changes at CIAC. So that's some of the stories you can check out at CIACsports.com. As always, follow us on Twitter, at CIAC Sports. That's the best way to get up-to-date information, scores, results, all kinds of good stuff there. And uh, as also as a reminder, this is the time of year. If you want, you can go to the uh, updates section of CIACsports.com, sign up to get results for all of your favorite teams that you can sign up for email or text message alerts. That's a great way to keep tabs on schedule changes, anything that might be going on with a team that interests you. So hope you'll check that out as well. You can also find upcoming events in the NFHS network along the CIC Sports, and this is a great time to sign up for a membership to the NFHS network. The subscriptions are available. They've got day passes, month passes, six-month passes. That six-month pass should take you just about through the entire school year if you want to catch 
catch all the great action on the NFHS Network. As part of that this year, they'll be doing a Friday night football game of the week on the NFHS Network all throughout the season. So that's something that we have uh, not been able to offer before in the state of Connecticut. Hope you will take advantage of that. So that's just a few things. As the we head towards the start of the fall season, a few things that you can check out at CICsports.com. Something you can check out elsewhere on the internet. A great story that Michael Fornabeau wrote about sports specialization. We wanted to check in with him and talk a little bit about that story. So he's going to join us now to talk a little bit about that topic. We're joined now by Michael Fornabio of the Connecticut Post, who wrote a, a real interesting story that we uh, wanted to talk about here on the podcast. So, Michael, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, certainly not a problem. We don't uh, don't always just focus on one story with our uh, our, C- our CIAC cast interviews, but uh, you hit on a topic that's certainly something we've covered uh, on the podcast before, so wanted to kind of get your little bit of a perspective on it. So you wrote uh, a story that folks can check out on sports specialization and that sort of um, growing uh, trend of, of athletes, you know, not no longer playing multiple sports, which is something, as I said, we've talked about before. So um, I guess my first question is, um, if you could just sort of sum up, you know, kind of what, what the piece is about and, and kind of what you found uh, in terms of sort of the, the current status of sports specialization, is it, uh, and, and where it sort of stands at this point, at least from what you found? Sure. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's one of the longer stories I've written in a while, and you know, it's, it's something that I feel like it could really go on and on about. I mean, there are so many different factors that come into play, you know, the rise of, of Premier League programs and, you know, and junior programs and things like that, along with, you know, different issues in schools, and, I mean, you can go socioeconomical, political as much as you want with some of this stuff. It's, it's so broad. You know, we just tried to get that, you know, to kind of get a few different perspectives on it and, you know, and go from there. It was, it was something that uh, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the credit for it goes to my bosses, Gary Rogo and Dave Wells. We were kind of talking about different ideas of things that... Uh, you know, different different feature ideas that we could do over the summer, and 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 Dave has a young son who who plays soccer, plays basketball, is involved in a lot of different extracurricular activities, and you know, in that uh, even that ten, eleven, twelve range that kind of came up in the story, and and his son and his friends are are getting that kind of pressure from different coaches. You know, do you want to specialize? Do you want to do you want to you know take this one sport and run with it? And you know, we we kind of thought you know it. But let's let's take a look at that. Let's let's get a, a few different perspectives on that and see where it goes. And that's uh, that was kind of genesis of the story. You know, I wanted to try to get uh, you know perspectives from from some of the Premier League side. You know, from the, the you know specialization side, what advantages come. You know, from the other side, what advantages do you get of, of playing different sports the whole way through? Uh, you know, the medical side. You know, are you know seeing some of the studies about overuse injuries? Is, mm-hmm. is it uh, is that an issue? And I wanted to get the psychological as well because you know that was something that uh, I wasn't sure you know comes up as often. But I thought uh, that was interesting as well. And you know, it's just trying to get that that broad look at it. And I hope I hope that did come through. It it really did, and that's, I, I think you know it's I think it's one of these topics where people often will talk about it. You know, and it gets a lot of sort of discussion without people really having a, a, a great sense of, of all the factors involved. So I do think that's, uh, you know, it was nice to sort of see just a broad look at it. I'm curious, you know, 
sometimes when you're writing a story, you'll you'll kind of go in with some preconceived, you know, maybe not necessarily preconceived notions, but just sort of a thought of, you know, a direction and where the story might go or, or things that you might have been feeling ahead of time. Did you sort of have any of that coming in? Were you kind of anticipating some things? Um, and sort of the, the, the question that goes along with it then, was there any, you know, sort of surprises as, as you went through it? So I kind of uh, two questions in, in one part there. Sorry to speak over you there, but I, you know, I, I've, in my own personal thoughts over the last few years, I've kind of gone back and forth on it. It's kind of funny, you know. I I, I cover hockey during the, during the uh, during the season. That's that's you know the sport that I've kind of grown up with, and you know, there's very traditional in Canada with the junior programs, you know, where you play, you know, at the major junior level, you're almost playing a pro schedule, and you know, you're you're busing all over, and you're staying with uh, with other families, and you know, it's you know, it's, it's sort of that preparation for a pro lifestyle kind of thing almost while you're while you're going to school. And you know, I I'd kind of been, you know, leaning towards that kind of perspective for a while. And then you know, you kind of come back and you think, you know, it's, it's, in some ways, is it better to play a lot of different sports and and do a lot of different things? And you know, when you think about like Wayne Gretzky was a local player growing up, and right. he you know got got some of his ideas that made him you know the, the most spectacular hockey player and. and in history from, from lacrosse, you know, going behind the net and different grips on the stick and things like that. And sure. it, about 10 years ago, in fact, it's another Dave Wells story. Dave, Dave gave me the idea to, to call up uh, uh, Gary and Paul Gate, who are two of the best lacrosse players in history. You know, they were they were talking about all the different sports that they played and all the different things that they that they got out of each of those sports. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where, it, you know, I think I tried, I kind of mentioned in the story, I think it's, it's almost got to be an individual thing at some point. You know, you, you it's, it's each each person's gonna probably have a different outcome. It's, I, don't, I think it's kind of tough to to throw a blanket over. And in fact, I was just listening last night to the uh, to the podcast that you did with uh, with John Reeves, mm-hmm. who who, uh, who was uh, the ADA Columbia when I was there. And you know, I thought it was very interesting to hear him talking about uh, about this issue. But Lang, you know, and very interesting, you know, very bright guy. And you know, to talk about the kind of vicious cycle of it. You know, I think that was a pretty good way to put it. You know, sometimes you wonder if. You know, the ones who would get the most out of it probably don't need to. Could, yeah. could do whatever they want, and they'd still be in good shape. And sometimes the ones that could get the most out of it, you wonder is it uh, is it worth it to take some of the risks on it? It's it's a very tough it's a very tough decision, and I you know I don't envy anybody who's got to go through it. Yeah, no, it's certainly, and I think that's an interesting, and I think that was really came through and i uh, appreciate the plug for earlier editions of the podcast but uh yeah definitely that was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah certainly uh love talking to john but uh you know i think that it is such an individual you know and, and obviously uh from our perspective we're, we're certainly uh you know love to to preach and sort of try to expound on the the benefits of of as much participation as possible but in, you know for some kids maybe that just isn't the the right path but uh just in terms of, you know, sort of as you talk about that tough decision, you know, and, and you had some things in there about this, uh, you know, what sort of things would you recommend or, or kind of approaches would you take uh, or recommend for parents to take, you know, as or students themselves to take as they kind of try to, to make those decisions for themselves? You know, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, um, you know I, I really don't have the experience in it to to do it. I don't have kids of my own right now, and I, and I wasn't exactly in a position to have to worry about that when I was growing up myself. So it's kind of kind of a tough thing to say. I mean, I I would probably look, you know, for the broadest possible perspective as, as you could, you know, to talk to coaches in different sports. Even you know, if you have a trusted friend who who has a little bit of uh, has a little bit of background, and I just you know kind of 
kind of get that perspective. And I think, you know, some of it may just be, you know, the individual, the indiv- you know, and I mean, that, that's, that's actually one of the reasons that I wanted to try to, to get that, uh, you know, to talk to a sports psychologist as well. And, and Dr. Brett Duncan was, uh, was a lot of fun to talk to. He had yeah. some, some, some fascinating stories. I mean, he, he, I don't think it, I don't, I don't think it got in. He was talking about talking uh, with with a golfer, um, a young golfer who was you know trying to make some decisions and you know just you know try, where he was going to college, what else he was going to do, and some of the pressure was just getting very strong. And he, you know, he just kind of tried to talk him down a little bit, you know, to make jokes about you know you, you don't have to go to college, you can you can go here, you can go there, and just kind of you know just kind of bringing it back down a bit. And sometimes you know you wonder if that's if that would help a little bit, just kind of take a little bit of that pressure off, take that step back and see, all right, where, what do I want to do? You know, and I know it's really easy for me to say when, when there are, you know, decisions and, and, uh, and benefits like scholarships on the line, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to do that. Yeah, no, it's interesting, you know, and sometimes you just want to, uh, I saw a story recently there, there was a, uh, you know, an elite, I think she's, uh, just finished her senior year, you know, uh, track runner, you know, who basically instead of decided to turn pro instead of going to college, which obviously is a little bit of a different perspective, uh, you know, than what we're talking about here. But, you know, it was just, it struck me reading the article, you know, sort of the, 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 you know, her and her parents, and obviously, you know, they, they made the decision that they thought was best for them, but sort of the idea that, well, there's no benefit for her athletically to going to college, and kind of the thought of, like, well, when did that become the, the, the purely, uh, the pure reason that someone would go to college is to, you know, to see what it could do to improve their athletic uh, abilities, you know, sort of that, you hope that there's a little more perspective than that uh, being made when, uh, when, when the decisions are made, but uh, not to, uh, to single out that family, but... I don't remember where I got it from. It was a quote that I wrote down when I was in high school from Charles Barkley, and education is a wonderful thing unless you can run and jump over houses. <laughs> and, I mean, if you're, if you're at that level, you know what? If you, if, you can, if you can support yourself, if you can get yourself to a point where, hey, if you want to go back to college in 10 years, you can, that's fantastic. I mean, good, good for you. Go, uh, go do what you can. But, but, you know, you're right. It's funny you talk about, you know, Kids going to college for a year and then and then uh, running off to the pros. It's like you, is it the minor leagues? Is it uh, right? And, and you know, and, and then you get to the whole debate that we're having now about uh, about the unions and, and paying athletes, and that's that's an entirely different fish. Sure. Uh, yeah. And and definitely. Yeah, but it's interesting. Interesting times. Yeah, and it seems as though the conversation is moving younger and younger uh, as well. So, right. uh, and, and I'm curious, you know, and it was sort of struck, and, and I feel like maybe I've been seeing more of this. Uh, talk lately, but it may be just because that's happened to be what I've seen. But, you know, I, I think there's always the perception or the, the common thought that a lot of times the pressure, you know, to specialize um, is coming either from parents, but in particular coaches, you know, who, who want, you know, their kids, you know, to, even if it's at the high school level, you know, to just focus on, you know, training in the off season for football or whatever it might be. Um, but, it, you know, definitely ha- started to see, I feel like more coaches or at least some coaches saying, you know, I'd rather my kids didn't do that. Uh, did, what sort of, you know, did, I, not to ask you to kind of break it down, you know, in terms of percentages, but were you a little surprised by that, that you're starting to see at least some coaches maybe be a little more vocal about saying, you know, maybe we realize that it's not the best thing for our kids to, you know, to be focused on basketball 12 months out of the year, or is that, did those seem like the anomalies to you? I, I think there is kind of that cyclical thing where where you see that trend towards specialization, and you see some of the some of the risks that well, risk might be not the right word, but you know some of the things that come with that, and and, 
and maybe you feel a little uh, turned back in the other direction. I mean, I think at, for a lot of kids, you know, there is there is benefit to doing a lot of different things, doing different sports, getting different abilities, getting you know, different uh, different viewpoints and things. And I think that's been in, uh, you know, and and the more to you know, the different things for different athletes, I think see the different coaches to take different tacks on it as well. Yeah, I know it's interesting. And again, it, it seems that for every individual, uh, you know, on the uh, on the uh, you know athlete side, there's the same on the uh, on the, the group side. You know, trying to figure out what would have been best for the, for the kids. But, uh, so I guess that, you know the, the sort of final question I would have, and, and, and you know maybe you have a sense of this from writing the story, or or you know it's just it's such a fluid situation that. You know, it's hard to tell, but do you feel like the there's sort of momentum in this front in one way or the other? If it, you know, is it is it just going to continue to increase? You know, some sort of the idea of specialization. Do you think it's going to decrease? If it is increasing, is there anything kind of change? I guess I'm sort of curious where you see you know the where does the future lie in this area? If you if you can get a sense of that. Specifics here, but one thing that kind of jumped out that I've seen you covered 
this fall already was, was one team that really took uh, this sort of first practice date to, uh, to a bit of an extreme uh, in the fall season, and that was the Wolcott uh, girls' soccer team. Tell us a little bit about their first practice and, uh, and what that was like uh, to cover. You know, the funny part was, first day of practice, I was looking around for a story, and I thought it would be cool to try to find the team that, that was so enthusiastic that they were starting as early as possible. And the only thing that I found was taking high swimming, which we had in practice at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. And I thought to myself, gee, how come there's no one around here that does a college-style midnight madness? Well, I'm telling you, in about 15 minutes, I get an email from a woman saying, hey, Joe, we have something you want to come up You want to come up here at midnight? And, of course, immediately I thought, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for, you know, yeah. you'll be over here. Exactly. <laughs> but I thought it was such a great idea. The CIAC apparently was queried to make sure they didn't mind. <laughs> and as long as it started at 12.01 a.m., it was perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and girls really just did it for two particular reasons. They just wanted to create a little excitement in town for soccer. Because the numbers have been going down a little bit for Wolcott's soccer. So they, they wanted to just try and have some fun with it. Sure. And they, they really did a great job. First of all, there was um, no music. There was no whistles. The coaches didn't even use whistles. Because Wolcott High School, like any small town, right in the neighborhood. Yeah. So if, you know, other than the lights being on, I don't know that anybody even knew what was happening. So they kept it small and low-key. They did an ALS ice bucket challenge, which is obviously the rage these days. Mm-hmm. And it was more about fun and running and drill than it was your first grinding out day of practice. Right. Well, um, that's, uh, yeah. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that the fall season is the only time you can really do it because of the winter and you spend all the time on Monday. No one's going out at midnight on a school night to run a practice. Um, I'd like to see plan on a lot of some modifications. Well, we won't, uh, we won't get into that right now, but uh, no, we do appreciate, uh, I think, you know, as you said, the fall is sort of an interesting, uh, it's its own unique thing, because we do, you know, everyone's off for the summer, and everyone's excited to, to get back, to, maybe not excited to get back to school, but at least excited to get back to, to competition, so. That's yeah, it worked beautifully, and I'll tell you this, here's a good time, is a lot of coaches asked me about it, right. how it went, what it was like, not only did it, it was very low-key, but I have to that somewhere along the line, we're going to see this start to take up. It wasn't the first ever, by the way, in Connecticut, but I have a funny feeling we're going to see a lot more in the future, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I think there's, there's no doubt that coaches, uh, coaches take notice of, uh, of things and, and opportunities, and, and as you said, you know, what, what better way to kind of get a team uh, season started off on a, on a fun uh, fun note than to, to do something like that. So. And it gives us a great uh, yeah. yeah, and what the heck, there are up at that hour on a Friday night, and who are we sitting in your high school? I have the other hand, and that's just taking a little extra really then. Sure, maybe not, maybe not the normal <laughs> bedtime that the Paladino has, but, uh, so, the, another story that I know, uh, is sort of on the horizon and, and on the radar for folks in your neck of the woods, uh, this year, the, the sort of shake-up of the, the Nogatuck Valley League, uh, in terms of membership and, and structure and that sort of thing, so how is that kind of playing? out, and, and what's that going to look like this fall? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it, the, the NDL is very happy to, to welcome Oxford 
high school into the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think where Oxford belongs, technically speaking, these are valid kids. Um, most of them, if Oxford High School had never been built, would be the majority of them would probably be playing at Seymour. Potentially, also. So I think Oxford is back where it belongs. It does take some very interesting um, divisional shakeup, if you use the, the proper word. There are now going to be three five team divisions in the NBL. And I think that's going to make for a lot of excitement, although it will also make up. For maybe some confusion, yeah. because there are, you know, there are some city schools that don't have teams in certain sports, and then the three, a three division five team format doesn't exactly work. So there is a little mass confusion. For next week, I'm going to try to write a story about what schools are in what division and in what and in what sports. Right. And I thought the league will probably not be happy if I make some jokes about it. But the truth of the matter is, there are two schools. And that is Seymour and St. Paul, who are in various seasons in the Copper, Brass, and Iron Division. Oh, sure. So I don't know what they're going to do for championship banners on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for the traditional sports that have enough teams, it's going to be fantastic. You're going to have three divisional champions, and then the, the, the top teams move on into the NBL playoffs. Football confuses me a little bit because you're going to have three divisional champions, but apparently... Uh, no NBL championship game in football this year. I find that a little confusing and not particularly pleased by it. But uh, that's, I think, one one area where I think there'll be a little bit of a loss. But otherwise, I think it's going to be very exciting, Joel. Yeah, no, certainly. And, and I think with anything else, you find that uh, these changes always seem like they're going to, you know, create all kinds of confusion and havoc and they probably do it first and then everyone gets used to them and uh and then then it'll sort of become the uh the norm a little bit so we uh well, i'm sorry go ahead yeah there, there are some coaches in the nvl who who aren't worried about winning a brass division title or or a, or a copper division title in the old format they just look we're looking for an nvl championship so there are some some coaches who after what six seven eight years still still did not know what division they were in so that's going to create a, a, a little a little more confusion. But I think what is going to come out of it, you will have new and more intense rivalries within these smaller divisions. That, I think, is going to be a big plus. Yeah, that's a, that's certainly a lot of fun. And, and, and as you say, for teams, maybe that, uh, you know, if a division shakes out that isn't uh, the one that's maybe going to challenge for the, the NVL crown, but uh, you still get some, you know, some very meaningful regular season games, which I think we certainly yes, uh, we certainly love to see. So, uh, but before we started recording, you were talking about uh, you've been spending a majority of your time entering in uh, preview information. So we'll just do a little more general question: What's kind of uh, intrigued you, or, or or sort of interested you in in the stories and teams that you've been covering and, and trying to preview as we head into the fall? What what's on your radar in terms of interesting stories that you've uh, uncovered thus far? Well, I'll tell you one thing. First of all, the Berkshire League, I think, is going to be a little bit more competitive in soccer uh, this season. They, they've always had some terrific clubs at the top. Nanawag and Lewis Mills, in both boys and girls soccer, were always the teams to beat. I think there are a couple of teams, you know, sticking their way into that, into that mix. I think it's going to be a lot more balanced. Still, though, Mills is the team to beat in both cases. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to, it's very nice to see... A Thomaston. Uh, first of all, Thomaston had the, one of the greatest high school years 
anyone that small has ever had is, is run, running off to a bunch of championships. And the Thomason girls have soccer back again this year, no longer a co-op with Terryville. And I think that is fantastic. The more kids get a chance to play, the better. That's the number one priority, of course, in all of this. Um, the, uh, the Naugatuck Valley League, I think, is going to be very exciting because you've got you've got the favorites like Watertown and the girls and Naugatuck and the boys, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're as dominant as they used to be. Not, you know, as wonderful as it always is to see the great teams out there, right. it's also good when they're challenged and when lots of people have a shot at the title as well. So I see a lot of balance um, in the NBL and the Berkshire League, and that to me is what makes the fall season, you know, so exciting. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, we had my our uh, uh, the f- that first day of practice, we encouraged teams to uh, to tweet us and email us pictures from their first day of practice, and uh, uh, the the Thomaston girls soccer team seemed particularly excited about that to uh, to be able to have that opportunity to send in a picture from that that first day of practice. So we, as we said, we we certainly uh, echo your sentiments that the the more the merrier when it comes to uh, to teams competing. So uh, looking ahead a little bit, any kind of particular players or teams that you're really interested in kind of following and are just intrigued by as we head into the fall? Well, we've got one of the things that really interested me is um, uh, in Naugatuck, for example, maybe one of the most enjoyable players I've ever had a chance to watch, particularly in soccer, uh, Igor Silva is a senior. Mm-hmm. He um, is an absolute human dynamo. He stands about five foot five. He's the most energetic and exciting and passionate player you can ever watch. So I'm probably going to do a little feature with with Igor for next week. Uh, there are some wonderful players. I mean, uh, Zach Federowitz at uh, St. Paul is probably one of the best keepers uh, in the state. So he's going to be fun to watch. Um, so those are just, you know, one interesting little story. There's a couple of girls from Terryville who actually attend uh, a school. They live in Terryville, but they attend a magnet school in Waterbury. Sure. Uh, Waterbury Arts Magnet School, and so, you know, you're allowed in that case to go back home and play for your district team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, 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 an Arts Magnet School is an extra long day of uh, classroom work. So, so these kids, after a long day of school, you know, hop in the car, dash home to play for their hometown team. So I'm anxious to do a little story about that. Sure. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to write about. And you know, it, 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 you see kids like this, and you realize how, how hard they work, how energetic and how passionate they are to, to travel to school, to put in an extra long day, and then, and then race home <laughs> to be on their team. It's like the old co-op football kids from Omogo who used to travel all the way to Housatonic in, order, in, order, in Falls Village, in order to get some high school football action. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it, and there's, speaking of that, there's a lot of excitement over it um, at Caner Tech. Now that Caner Tech is co-opting in football with right. Sacred Heart, those kids over there have been wanting to play football for years. And now they finally got a shot to play. Matter of fact, I think the team is mostly made up of Caner Tech kids. So. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of excitement this fall as, as, as for those who play, but also for those of us who watch. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I was thinking of uh, you. You talk about the, those girls, you know, kind of running back and forth between their schools and. Uh, 
you know, some of that you hear that and you sound like, gosh, that sounds just so exhausting and, and, you know, almost dreadful at times. But uh, I we saw I saw something on Twitter the other day that I retweeted that just said something like, you know, as much as you may be dreading the first day, you're going to miss it when it's over. And I, I feel like that that's the sort of thing that uh, that pops to mind when you talk about the kind of schedule some of these kids keep and uh, and, the you know, how much they're going to pour into their athletics uh, uh, during this fall season. So. Uh, you know the old expression. You, I, I don't need to tell you this. Uh, the, the the kids who do more also excel more in the classroom. It's not a question of well, there's less time to do stuff. No, it isn't. It even happened with my own kids. You know, they used to play school all day, practice all afternoon, and then they were in clubs and in plays, and they had no time to do anything, and their grades skyrocketed. So yep. the more you do the better you are in all things. Absolutely. Well, that's certainly a, a message that we uh, we get behind here as well. So um, I, I'll put you out here uh, uh, with one uh, final question, and I didn't prepare you for this. So if you, uh, okay. if you're, uh, if you, if you're, you want to take a pass, that's fine. But how about just one kind of bold prediction for the fall season uh, in your neck of the woods? What's one thing that you're, uh, you think may happen this fall that, uh, that maybe people aren't going to be expecting from, uh, from one of your area teams? Oh boy, that is a that is a tough one. Um, oh, let's see. Do I see a state champion somewhere? This is going to get coaches angry if I don't pick them to win the state championship. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I've I've uh, we haven't seen a state soccer champion in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I was it Naugatuck? Was Naugatuck the last one? Uh, I, I just have a feeling, being at the practices I was at, I, I just have this funny feeling that the Lewis Mills boys have a great shot at this. All right. Um, and they, you know, they lost last year kind of early for them, and they were very upset. I'm trying to think if there's, if there's any other state champions I see. I haven't been to volleyball, so I, I, I don't know what kind of volleyball talent is out there or, or swimming as of yet. You know, in cross country, for crying out loud, Thomaston is always awesome. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see how, how the Bears are going to be in cross country. But if there's a you – know, and I'm steering clear from football, by the way. Sure. If yes. I see a state champion out there, I have a funny feeling Lewis Mills boys have a crack at winning a state title. So – all I don't right. know how bold a prediction that is. Well, it's bold <laughs> enough. It it's, we, we, we forced you into uh, to going out on a little bit of a limb, so we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> okay. and, uh, we, we definitely always appreciate uh, chatting with you, Joe, and, uh, and getting your, uh, your excitement for the fall season that I know uh, matches a lot of that of the, of the kids that are coming through and uh, about to begin their year. So thank you, as always, for, uh, for joining us and offering your insight. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it, and I'll see you down the road, I'm sure. All right. Lots of fun, as always, chatting with Joe Palladino, man, who brings as much energy to his CIC cast interviews as anyone we have on our show. Certainly love hearing what he's got to say, so we thank him for being with us as well. We'll wrap things up now with a look at what's going to be on your televisions with CPTV Sports this fall season. To do that, we reach out to Frankie Graziano from CPTV Sports to talk about their fall schedule. Very happy to have on the phone with us now Francesco Graziano Jr. from CPTV Sports. Hope I didn't uh, butcher his name too much. And he's going to uh, talk to us a little bit about the CPTV Sports uh, fall broadcast schedule. Uh, we thank you for being with us today. 
a good friend like you, you can call me Frankie if you'd like. All right, we'll do that. That'll be a little easier for me. Uh, we uh, we're happy to have you with us here. It's it's going to be a busy fall season for uh, CPTV Sports. Uh, checking out the schedule, we've got 36 games uh, that are going to be broadcast this fall, including a bunch of live uh, football contests. So, kind of wanted to start out uh, just as sort of a nuts and bolts perspective for fans that maybe are interested in how does the the schedule and and what games you guys are going to broadcast kind of come together when you're putting it together in the in the summer leading into the fall? Well, thank you very much, actually. It's very important uh, that, you know, the CIAC keeps continuing what they do and us as well because covering these high school sports is really the bread and butter of athletics in Connecticut, and it really is a long process. Uh, just recently we came off of preview week where we really just gave everybody the best in the five sports that we'll be covering this fall, from field hockey to boys' soccer, football, girls' soccer, and, of course, you know, some of these other sports that we've been covering. And what we had to do, obviously, girls' volleyball is one of those as well, but what we had to do is we get back in there, and, you know, sometimes you'd like to come up with a schedule as early as April and May because you want to put it out there, you want to get some viewers, you want to see, um, obviously, uh, when the pool might be interested in you might be able to do some more things, you know. But um, it wasn't anything. It's, it's about highlighting the better matchups. And the matchups just get better and better. This conference gets deeper and deeper. So, you know, myself and Bob Galen, mostly Bob Galen, um, our executive producer, we come up with a schedule. We, we talk about it the back and forth. I, I show up in his office, which soon I'll be moving down to the uh, third floor, so I'll be right next to him. But, I've been up to the sixth for a while, so I, I have to keep running in and out of this office uh, to try to talk about some of these matchups. But, you know, we try to feature as many of the games, and we'll also be trying to get to some other towns. And, you know, we've been privileged to cover some schools like down in regionals. You know, and uh, this afternoon I'm going ahead and doing a story in Chapman, which is Parish, one of the smallest schools. So that'll air on one of our halftime shows in the future. So we just try to be everywhere, and we really try to have the best Connecticut sports. Very good, and as you said, uh, a full slate this uh, this fall, including uh, 18 football games, six girls volleyball, five boys soccer, four girls soccer, and three field hockey. So we really do uh, have uh, have a lot of different things covered, which is certainly great to uh, great to see from our perspective. So. Um, any games, you know, and obviously uh, the the season can dictate a lot of this, but just any games in particular that, that jump out to you on that schedule that you're really uh, looking forward to seeing how they shake out this fall? Well, most importantly right now, we have to start off with what we had to do in the beginning of the season, and we had to pay attention to the move the game, obviously. You know, at the same time, you do try to be everywhere and you try to get the best matchups, but you have to kind of balance that. So we started off with our first live game is going to be Wednesday night, Cheshire and Ridgefield, September 10th at 6 p.m. And that's going to be a great NFC Challenge game. Uh, both teams are returning to stars. Ryan Dunn, we're looking at it from Ridgefield, who's their quarterback. 27,700 yards last year. And uh, Anthony Yami, very versatile on the side of the ball uh, for Cheshire. That should be a great matchup. We'll see some shows in Notre Dame and Saban in the NFC Challenge on Thursday. That won't be live. We'll bring it to Saturday at 1. in November, it's, it's a little later in the year, actually it might be towards the end of October, but it's 
Derry, excuse me, Daniel Hand and Fairfield Prep. I really can't find a team that has a better chance of winning a double L championship with Fairfield Prep. Um, because I obviously think because of the way that the new championships are, are, are organized, I think with enrollments, you have to look at it. Fairfield Prep is one of the lower enrollment schools in Class Double L, so I see them winning a championship. But Daniel Hand, impressive last year, almost beat Darianne, lost by two points in that quarterfinal. Right. And it really took a heartbreaking field goal, and I think Tommy Wilson and company have something to say this year. And uh, hopefully... You know, the playoffs should be great this year. Maybe I want to see Daniel and Darian rematch. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And the, the date on that one, October seven, October 17th here. I got the schedule all pulled up, and uh, that, that should be a good one. And uh, You're a better man than I, Joe. Hey, well, uh, it gives me a chance to plug the fact that if you go to uh, – you can, of course, find all this information at cptvsports.com, but also on CIAC Sports uh, – gives me a chance to plug we put all of the uh the cptv sports fall schedule in one place so you can find all of the games uh uh doesn't have all their re-air dates but has all the the first airing dates for the um the fall sports uh schedule there so fans can check that out as well if they want to keep and up we today. certainly appreciate you putting that up there Jordan. certainly just bookmark that and you'll uh you'll be good to go all fall uh just wanted to talk to you a little bit obviously you know you guys have really expanded your coverage of high school sports over the past few years and just kind of wanted to ask you what sort of the, from, from your perspective, what the draw is, you know, and, and what's kind of led you in this direction to really sort of focus uh, a lot of the your network's attention on the uh, the high school sports scene. For me, it was a relationship where I was involved with Channel 3 before I came to the network. I was an intern at Channel 3, and John Hull and Joe Zone really are the best in the state at what they do. Mm-hmm. I've always said that. Um, I came from their school. John Holt is just utterly amazing when it comes to features and profiling every athlete possible in the most positive light by getting those important stories and personalities around the game, too. And Joe Zone has given everybody the power at Channel 3 as their sports director to kind of realize these things and fight for it. So I think that they're great. And obviously, CBTV Sports had a partnership with WFSB, with CTSN in, the, in game time before we came to be. Then Joe Koss came in and really took over things as our production manager. And, you know, it was Bobby Halen and, and Joe Koss that really took on that format and applied it to what we do here now. And then they brought me in as their producer. And we fight really hard to tell these stories. And also, we want to make sure that everybody knows that, yeah, you can catch some of the pro games out there. You know, you can get all the X's and O's somewhere else. But find some of these great games that we have the best high school content around. It's one thing when the team loses, but it's another thing when it's a kid from Connecticut that you've come to love when you see these kids on the TV all the time. You start to feel for them, and we try to paint that picture for you that, you know, they're not just a kid down the street. They're now your friend because they're on TV. So, you know, it's, it's been great. I love producing. I also love doing commentary. I'm going to be able to do soccer play-by-play again this year. Last year, the, the CNC, excuse me, the CHSA gave me a outstanding contributor award for my play-by-play in soccer, so I'm excited to get back in there. I love our soccer coverage. gives me a chance to be away from uh, football and some of the other live events for just two hours, so it gives me some time to relax. But, you know, it's, it's fun to get out there and do all these sports in every corner of the state. Absolutely, yeah, and it really does, uh, you know, love the way that we get the uh, – 
the the coverage all over the state and uh, and get a little bit of a, at least a taste of uh, of all the different sports as well. Uh, one thing you guys are doing this fall that I thought would be uh, you know is, is very unique and and should be fun that uh, maybe our our listeners would want to know about is uh, is your Thanksgiving week where you're going to do your CPTV You Choose game. Uh, tell fans what that's about and how they can get involved in that. Oh, this was this was great. I've been trying to push CPTV Sports You Choose for a while. When it started the trafficking a couple of years ago and putting some of the shows on the network, we tested it out on Twitter and Facebook, and, and people loved it. They loved being able to choose whatever programming they want. And Bob and I had kind of decided that, more Bob than anything, that we need to give the public the chance to choose their games because we get a lot of requests mm-hmm. places that we certainly can't be. Let's say that we're covering Daniel Hannon and Xavier. We have to cover a matchup like that, and unfortunately – we might not be able to get to a capital prep that week, and we'll get some 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 pointed comments that are saying, "Hey, can you please cover us game, cover our game?" Now we're going to give a chance to the viewers to pick that best game for Thanksgiving. We're going to come to your school. We haven't made the choices yet because we want to see how the season starts off, and we want to see kind of where the fans take us in that direction. Sure, we want the fans to give us the choice, and we'll certainly put them up there for them to vote on. Excuse me, Joel. I'm, I'm a little sick right now, so that's why I sound like maybe a bonehead on your podcast today. But um, yeah, and we want the kids to to give us some choices, and then they'll be able to vote. Usually, about week five, uh, toward, towards the end of the season, that's how long the voting process will be open. But CBTV Sports, you choose. That'll be available on cbtvsports.org. Awesome. Well, we'll certainly uh, look forward to that as well. So let you uh, let you go with this last question here. I know you've been on the road, and uh, one of the interesting things you have featured, and I just saw that it's now available on YouTube as well, is your um, your your road trip uh, this fall on the road, your training camp visits in, in football. So just wanted to ask if there are any particularly uh, interesting nuggets that you could share from your, uh, your trip around the state and kind of checking in on the, uh, the training camps and the, uh, the football scene. A lot of us always try to find the answers on who's going to win championships. It's not exactly the easiest thing. But one thing that I've seen that determines the factor of how a team's going to compete is their intensity level. You'd be surprised, Joel. Some of these things, some of these practices are not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody follows guidelines, but I love intensity. I love smash mouth football. These guys, they try to run as many plays as possible. Obviously, they take a lot of water breaks, and you have to because these kids work very hard on hot days, but they work very quick. I've seen, just like in places throughout the state, somebody will use a boom with a football trying to keep it out of reach, and you have to chase it around. <laughs> It gets crazy. Yeah. So I've noticed that some of the most intense teams out there are teams like Southington, teams like Shelton, teams like Fort Haven. Shelton may not have the best team this year. They lost a lot from last year. They lost Jason Thompson. They lost Kyle Trost. But the important thing is you keep that intensity level up. That kid that might have been a French player last year, he moves up. North Haven, they lost Ethan Sarasi. They think that they can replace guys like that. They lost John Tondolo, who was an alignment, who was an all-stater. They can replace guys like that with the intensity level that they bring. And that's why I'm convinced that Southington will repeat and double out because they just get after it every second of the game. Mike Drury, he's all over them in practice. And it's crazy because Mike Drury is almost like a phenomenon. Comes in, wins a championship in only his third year, and Southington's off and running, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you can get a look at them and, and many other teams in the, uh, the the training camp preview that's available on uh, on YouTube, as I said, as well as cptvsports.org. So, Frankie Graziano, we... Uh, just quickly, Joel, if, if, we, sure. if we can, just want to mention that the high school football game of the week, obviously coming back with Chester and Richfield, and then obviously Southington and Lassenbury next Friday night. Mark Pizzoferrato, Marco Pizzoferrato, excuse me, is back as our color commentator. Don Boyle back at play-by-play. Ashley Fonzo is the new girl this year on the sidelines. Very excited about her. She also comes from the Channel 3 School of Reporting. So we're excited about her to see what she can bring to the sideline. And also we're trying to introduce some new features this year, some more fan videos. We're getting into the schools, trying to create a party atmosphere. And cheerleading cam also going to have the cheerleader send us pictures and we're going to appoint an ambassador every game so that some of these girls and, of course, obviously some of the fans can get involved and show their school spirit and give away prizes at the end of the year. Fantastic. We'll look forward to uh, to that as well as all of the coverage from uh, from CPTV Sports all fall long and uh, really looking forward to, uh, to kicking off the fall, as I know you folks are as well. So, Frankie Graziano, we uh, appreciate you very much being with us, and uh, good luck this fall and enjoy your time out on the road. You do a great job with the CIAC, Joel. You are certainly the spokesperson and a great ambassador. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Take care. All right. Thanks very much to Frankie, and thanks to all of our guests this week. Some great conversations from Michael Fortebeo and Joe Palladino as well. We really appreciate them taking some time to chat with us as we head into the stretch run of the preseason here in Connecticut High School Sports. The games will begin before you know it, and uh, probably before we have another edition of the CIAC cast. So we hope you all enjoy the games. That's going to wrap things up for this week. As a reminder, of course, get all the latest sports news and information in CIAC sports.com check out our twitter feed at cic sports sign up for email text alerts at cic sports.com facebook.com slash cic sports that's another good place to get information and of course you can email us here at the cic cast at cic cast at cascic.org so all of those are good ways to get in touch with us good ways to keep up to date with what's happening with the cic and connecticut high school sports so as always i'm joel cookson we thank you so much for being with us taking the time to listen let's get excited for some competition here in the coming weeks as we head into the fall season we hope you'll be back with us to hear all about it on the cic cast